Awesome. Well, moms, you have got this. And I don't know, some, some mothers out there may have felt like you have been to that place where you've had to lie on the couch and have some professional counseling uh, done. But let me tell you, we are here to uh, not only, uh, the main purpose we're here today is to give glory and honor to God for what he's doing in our lives, to give worship to him, just a pause from our crazy, hectic lives, and to come together and just to say, thank you, God, for giving us all that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, for sending us your son, Jesus, and thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for giving us new life. Thank you for giving us hope. Yes, and at the same time, on this very special day, we do want to say a happy Mother's Day to moms out there. Now, there are some different types of moms. You've got moms that are like, you have, you have kids, and you've got moms who've, who've uh, kind of helping to raise some kids. Um, and uh, maybe you're kind of helping uh, in, in a family situation, uh, having some kids stay with you or whatever. Uh, and so uh, and we'll also have some soon-to-be moms. Uh, and uh, so whether you are either of those kind of types, we just want to uh, say happy Mother's Day to all of you. And the gift out in the, um, in the lobby for Connection Point, uh, that's for all the ladies. Uh, it's a great prayer journal we picked out for you guys. Actually, my wife did. And so we are uh, delighted to, to give that to you guys. Um, well, we are um, in week four of our series here uh, at Lake Point Church, and this series is simply called Balance. And uh, balance um, is a word that uh, I use many times in my life, uh, in many days. I'm talking to myself, and I say, Frank, you got to get things in balance. This is off balance. And usually what happens is some of those unhealthy things in, in my life and some of the things, those unhealthy things in your life as well, that's when you realize, man, something is off balance. And so week one, we talked about the beginning of balance and how we get that locked in. Number one, we got to find our, our purpose. We got um, uh, to set our priorities and we got to make a plan. And our purpose is to give glory and honor to God. It's not to create a, a great, wonderful, happy, cheerful, uh, Pinterest perfect kind of life. Uh, here on this earth. Our life is to give glory and honor to God, period. That is our purpose. And then once we understand that purpose, then we uh, steer around our priorities. Our priorities are geared around what, how God has wired us. Uh, how can we serve him? And uh, those things that are really, really important in our life, we've got to set those, um, those as the first things uh, in our life and then create a plan around that. And so week two, we talked about relationships and how... Um, the, uh, our relationships can be off balance. When we pour our life into other people and we expect those same people to pour their life into, into us, their time, their focus, their attention, and when we expect that from them, there's some codependency that happens and we expect that our source of life comes from them. Well, that is off balance living. Our source of life needs to come from Jesus, from God, spending time with him in his word, through prayer, small group, what we're doing here today. And so you are understanding that today your life source is coming from God. But it's so easy to get that mixed up. It's so easy for us to depend on others as our life source. Uh, and that's just not going to happen. And you know how you could tell when you're at, at that point? is when you're treating people badly. When you're treating people and talking to people in a derogatory way, you're treating people like, I, I'm not really that kind of person. I, why am I talking like this? Why? It's because your love jug that you're pouring into people is empty and you're running out of uh, life. 
and that life needs to come from Christ. Last week, we talked about finance balance, and um, finance balance is so important. This is probably one area that, that so many people, uh, so many of us, including myself, uh, we get off balance so easy with our finances. And um, Jesus is, is basically saying, he talks a lot about finances, but he's, um, he's basically saying, look, your, your stuff is not more important than me. In fact, in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, we have this passage. We have, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is saying, look, I know, I, I want your heart is what Jesus wants. Jesus wants all of you, starting with your heart. And so Jesus wants your heart, and he, he knows, look, I know your heart is going to follow your stuff. Your treasure. I know your heart's going to follow your stuff. So in order for me to get your heart, I want you to surrender your stuff to me. Surrender your stuff to me. Well, you may say, Frank, does that mean I sell everything and give it, give it to God? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm, I am saying is you line up the, your stuff in the, in the right uh, priority. And the best way to do that, and this is all throughout Scripture, is to give God a tithe. It's just so, hey, this is just a sample. This is just an example of me surrendering my stuff to you, my self-worth to you, my own dependence, self-dependence. I'm surrendering it to you as a 10% tithe. Tithe means 10%. Giving that back to you, God. You do whatever you want. Y'all, that is, that is a lot of trust. There's a lot of trust that's involved in that. And so God is saying, look, I want your heart. And I know your heart will follow your stuff. So for me to have your heart, surrender your stuff to me. And so that's, uh, that will help get things back in, uh, back in balance. Because the conflict you and I have, have is, is really the, the, the conflict between God and our stuff. It's really God and our stuff. That's really where most of our conflict happens. Well, this week we're going to talk about uh, something that obviously we all face, and this is the balance of time. The balance of time. Whew. Yes, I, um, uh, this is one I struggle with the most. So uh, if, if all of you can just, you know, if you want to just leave now, I'm still going to be preaching because I'm really talking to me, and, but I really feel like God's going to talk uh, speak with you as well. But it just seems like there's just not enough time to do everything. You ever feel like you run out of time? You feel like you just run out of time uh, uh, to, to do the things you really want to do or the things you need to do. And uh, even, even just little things, you just, it's so easy to forget. It's like we, you're trying to, we're trying to balance all these things, and you, you forget to do this and forget to do that, and you don't even have time to do certain things. For an example, we, we love watching Redbox movies. We're a Redbox kind of family. And so we run a movie from Redbox, and, um, and one thing that happens all the time in our house is that we forget to take it back. I mean, Redbox, whenever they designed their company, they thought of us, the Bennett family, saying, we are going to make some money on the Bennetts because they're going to rent a movie and they're going to forget. And we're gonna, they're, they're not going to watch it again. And we're just going to, you know, uh, charge them an extra day for that. And so we just forget to bring it back. And in fact, the other day I was, uh, I was at, um, uh, last week I was at the office in the morning and, uh, and, and a couple of days before then, we were, I rented the movie from Redbox. 
Well, uh, obviously a couple of days later, uh, I get a text from my wife and it had a picture of the Red Box uh, DVD. And uh, she said, uh, simply, you are banned from Red Box. And I said, okay, so I'm banned from Redbox. Okay, well, uh, so we can't really fit things into our day, our time, even little things like that. I know we kind of laugh about that, but it all adds up. And so um, this right here is a message that talks about time. You know, we're always thinking about time. We're always, you know, either looking at our phones or our watches for those who wear a watch or looking at somewhere. We're always asking. In fact, a very common uh, phrase you will hear is, what time is it? What time is it? In fact, while I'm preaching, some of you might be looking at your phone or the clocks or whatever, saying, I wonder what time this guy's going to finish, right? But uh, that is a simple phrase that we hear time and time again throughout the day. What time is it? Well, I- I've got a better question I want us to ask. Rather than asking, what time is it, let's ask ourselves, what am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my time? So next time you ask someone, hey, what time is it? Think to yourself, what am I doing with my time? That's a question, one of the questions I want us to ask, and we're going to help answer that today. What am I doing with my time. You know, and, and I'll tell you what, there's, there's, a, there's a group of people that I believe has, uh, has lots of, uh, of things on them, lots of, lots of pressures, lots of demands. They're spread thin. And that group of people is a group we are honoring today, moms, having to do all kinds of things in the, uh, in the, at the home, if you, if you have a job, you know, have to please have to wear all these different hats. And so you're spread thin. And so um, many times uh, moms are always trying to figure out how I'm going to balance all of this time. You know, and, and uh, Suzanne, uh, my wife, is a, she's a Proverbs 31 woman. I mean, she manages her house well. And so because of that, uh, many times I kind of send, um, <clears throat> if I don't know an answer to something, I, I kind of send the kids to her direction, right? I'll say, hey, uh, I don't know the answer to that, so why don't you go ask mom and go ask mom. And, and I'll tell you, the word mom is, is used more than any other word in our house. With six kids and, and a husband who's sending kids to mom, no other word is used more than mom. Mom this. Mom, that. Why? Because moms know everything. Everything. Think about it. When you were growing up, think about your mom. Think about your mom growing up. You, you, she knew everything. You know, she would be the one that you would go to for everything. And so they would ask mom. In fact, um, many times you'll have, you'll have a kids, one of our kids that will be sitting in front of a computer or they'll be watching TV, and you hear one of the other kids will ask this question, hey, did you ask mom? Did you ask mom if you could watch that? Did you ask mom if you sit at the computer? In fact, it wasn't that long ago, I sat down on the couch, turned on the TV, and started watching something, and Lincoln looked at me and says, did you ask mom? <laughs> I'm like, what? I, said, I guess I need to ask mom too. 
you know, but moms know everything. So because of that, there's so many demands, there's so much pressure that's placed upon you. But there's something that's similar about everybody in this room, and it's, I'm not talking about just the moms, everybody in this room. Let me tell you something. Your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. You and I will run out of time. Like a bank account running out of money, our, our time bank account will run out. And our days are numbered. And so because our days are numbered, time is slipping away from us. Time is slipping away. In fact, but, but, but I know that some, some people, time slips away quicker than others. But it's the same amount of time. Like, give me, I'll show you an example. As, a, as, as children, children think between now and Christmas is like forever. It's like, it's like Christmas is, is like 10 years away. They just can't wait. It's, it's so far-reaching. But as an adult, every time we turn around, it's Christmas. You know, but it's the same amount of time. And so it's all about how you, you perceive it and how you look at it. But, but whether you think some, uh, time travels really fast or really slow, depending on what season of life you're in, it's the same amount of time and we will run out of time. Why? Because our days are numbered. Days are numbered. Um, I'm going to share with you just a couple of um, uh, passages of Scripture that talk about that. And I'm going to share with you some really, really positive uh, Scripture here from the book of Job. <laughs> if you know Job, you'll know that there's not a whole lot of just really, really great, great stuff, news coming out of Job. Because Job, he's, uh, he's in a time in his life where everything's been taken away from him. Well, in Job chapter 7, verse 6, he says this, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they will come to an end without hope. <laughs> they will come to an end without hope. In Job chapter 9, verse 25, it says, My days are swifter than a runner. They fly away without a glimpse of hope. Now, aren't you glad you came to church today? You know, to listen to these words of hope, you know, and inspiration. But, but what Job is basically saying, he's saying this, look, your days are numbered. They will fly swiftly. They will fly swiftly. You know, those, uh, those remarks, those verses, you will not find those on a Hallmark card or a calendar. They're not really inspirational. But what they are is they show reality. They show reality that our time on earth will end. And in fact, if you want to, you can even check this out. Have you ever heard of deathclock.com? How many of y'all have ever heard of deathclock.com? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. I looked it up. You can go to deathclock.com. Don't do it right now. You know, just do it later, all right? Because I know some of y'all are like, hey, I want to check this out. Just do it later. But deathclock.com, you can go in there, Put how old you are and, you know, how, you know, how much you weigh and if you're kind of a positive or person, pessimistic or optimistic. And so you put in some of these uh, filters and they, they, they tell you the day that you're going to die. Isn't that great? That's awesome. 
<laughs> you can just put that in. It tells you the day you're going to die, deathclock.com, all right? Well, the day I'm going to die, according to deathclock.com, is January 10th, 2066. Yay! All right. So that means I'm going to die just a few days before I, uh, I turn 97 years old. Okay, I can, I can deal with that. If deathclock.com is right and it doesn't take into account the, the texting and driving that I do. All right, so deathclock.com is something you want to check out. But, but you know, if you're sort of a, man, I, I'm sort of a doomsday kind of person. I want to kind of know, you know, uh, when my time is going to end. Of course, you know, that's just um, sort of a website doing that. But, you know, we have to think about those things and to understand that we're balancing time, and some of us do it well, some of us don't. In different seasons in our life, um, we, uh, we balance time great, and others we don't. But in the end, as we run out of time, we've got to keep that in mind that our days are numbered, and we've got to keep asking ourselves not how much time we have left, not what time it is, not how much time we have left, but what am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my time? According to deathclock.com, I've got, I've got all the way to 2666, okay? But, but what am I doing with my time? That is the most important question that we, uh, that we can ask. And so uh, if, you, um, if you looked at the example of Jesus, you know, Jesus uh, started this ministry around age 30, so he started his ministry around age 30. Now, I started, I started my ministry uh, when I was in college. So around the age of, I don't know, 20, 21, um, I, started, uh, I started a praise uh, band at um, the Baptist Student Unit at LSU and uh, started that and was involved in that. And then I was served at a church as a, uh, as a uh, music minister at a, at, a, at a very traditional Southern uh, Baptist church, about 100 people. I was there for like three years while I was in college. Loved it. And, uh, but, so I started my ministry kind of early, and I'm thinking, why didn't Jesus start, it, start his ministry much sooner? Well, Jesus, Jesus knew he had the end in mind. He knew that around a certain age he would be laying his life down. And he knew he, had, he wanted to have three good, solid years, and three years is all it took. So that's why he's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my ministry around age 30. But let me tell you something. Jesus, according to what we see in the Bible, Jesus was never in a hurry. He wasn't. Jesus was never in a hurry. Jesus never ran. According to what we know in Scripture, Jesus never ran. He walked. He was never hurt. I mean, there have been times when, when his great friend Lazarus was very sick on his deathbed, and he stayed in the town longer. He was never in a hurry. And so that is something that we can learn from Jesus because it seemed to be that Jesus used time as his friend. Jesus used time as his friend. So how can we use time as our friend? Moms, how can you use time as your friend? Well, if we take the letters T-I-M-E, it spells time, we're going to look at it just a four things that will kind of help make time your friend. First of all, 
we want time, we want to be able to treasure our time. We want to be able to treasure our time. And, um, you know, yesterday is, is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. It's a gift. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why they call it present. It's present. Today is a gift, a present from God to do whatever you can do to give Him glory and to fulfill your purpose in your life. And for you to always ask, what am I doing with my time? And so how do we handle that time? How do we treasure that time? Well, you've heard the saying, time is money. Time is money. That would mean that time equals money. Time is the same as money. Well, I, I think that's wrong. Actually, I think that time is more valuable than money. Think about this. Can you, can you earn more money? Well, sure you can. You can get a second job. You could try to get a promotion. You can earn more money. Can you earn more time? No. Once today's gone, you can't, you can't earn extra time. Have you ever felt like, gosh, I wish, I wish today had 28 hours. <laughs> I just need just a few more hours to finish what I need to get done. But we cannot earn time. And so because of that, time is more valuable than money. Time is more valuable than money. I say that all the time uh, in our house. So time is more valuable than money. So if, as you understand that, you'll understand that this very important gift of today that you have been given, what you do with that is, is so important, even more valuable than money. What am I doing with this day that God has given to me? How am I going to treasure this day? What am I going to do to when I look back on this day, it was a treasure? That is one way you can make time your friend, to use time and to have balance in your life. The second way is, is, uh, is invest. So you have time, uh, you have treasure, and then you have invest. So if time is kind of like money, then that means we can invest time. Now, we can, we can spend time like we can spend money. But we, we can't really save time. You can't really save time like you can, like you can save money. You can't really save that. And, here, and you say, well, I, I save time all the time. I, I can go from, uh, if there's traffic, I can go a different way and, and, and save time. You're, you're not really saving time. It's not like you're, you're holding that time in a bottle and you're going to use it for later. We're not really saving that time. So, but what we can do, just like money, is we can invest that time. We can invest that time. And this is a very important aspect to try to make time your friend. What, uh, the time that you've been given, that we have all been given, what are we doing to uh, take a little bit of energy, a little bit of time, and invest it in something that will have great rewards. That's all an investment is. An investment of money, you take a little bit of money over a period of time, over a long period of time, and then at the end, you've got, you've got more money. 
Well, the same way with time. You invest some time, and you can, uh, you will, as you invest that time, you'll be able to bring, get that back. Let me show you an example. Let's say if you bring somebody onto your team uh, at work, and, and uh, you're overloaded at work, and, and you're trying to do all, all kinds of things, and your boss says, hey, I'm going to bring somebody else in uh, to help bring, take some of the load off. But you're going to have to train that person. Okay? So, um, so I, want you to, I want them to know exactly what you do to where both of y'all can knock this out together. It's like, oh, that's great. But in order for you to, uh, to, say, to, to gain that time back, like an investment, you've got to spend some time training that person. So that is a way that we can use time as an investment. It kind of works like exercise. Exercise is the same way. You, you, you know, when you, when you decide to, to get physically fit, you don't go to the gym in one day and your friends see you and say, dude, man, you're rocking it. Man, you're, you're like buff. How long have you been doing this? Man, man, I had one day workout. <laughs> no, we don't have that. I mean, that doesn't, uh, there's no way that that can happen. But what it does, uh, the way we can do that is we can invest time, a little bit of time over a period of time, and then we see results. Just like with money and just like uh, with exercise. And so you could do the same way with time. And so what are we investing in? What are we investing in? You know, a- after you count out all the, you know, the hours at work, the getting ready, the, those kinds of things, you have about 35 hours um, um, left of sort of leisure time, of sort of uh, you could do what you want with that time for most people. So that's about five hours a day. So what are you doing with that five hours a day what are you doing with that five hours a day that you are doing to invest in that time? To invest in time to where uh, over time you would receive great benefits from. So not only can we make um, time our, our, our friend by, by treasuring our time that God's given to us, but we can also invest it. And then the third way, we can manage. We can manage our time. You know, there's a lots of fields of study of time management. You know, companies spend lots and lots of, uh, of, of money, of corporate money, uh, with experts to show you how to, how to manage your time and that sort of deal. And there's one book in particular that um, uh, written by Stephen uh, Covey, and um, it's called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And Covey writes this. He says, time management is a misleading concept. You can't really manage time. You can't delay it. You can't speed it up. You can't save it, and you can't lose it. No matter what you do, time keeps moving forward at the same rate. However, the challenge is not to manage time, but to manage ourselves. It's to manage ourselves. You know, that is a different way to look at time as far as managing. You know, many times we, we, how do you manage your time? Or you manage your time wisely. It's really not time you're managing. There's nothing you and I can do to slow down, speed up, save it, 
all that kind of stuff with time. It's how we manage ourselves. How are we manage ourselves? What are we doing with our time? What are we doing with our time? And so uh, how we manage ourselves is really the most important thing. And if we don't manage ourselves, guess what? Someone will manage you. Someone will manage us. Uh, because if, um, if you're at a place in your life where, where you're, just, you're just off balance with time and you're, and you're thinking, how am I going to handle all this? How am I going to maneuver all this? How am I going to get all this stuff done? Well, you've got other people, other things, other projects, your job, um, whatever you're involved in, that's at the point to where they are managing you rather than you managing yourself. And so all of us, and talking to myself included, all of us need to get to the point to where we are managing ourselves and not just trying to manage time. Because you know what? There's nothing you can do about time. It's going to be constant. So we need to treasure our time. We need to invest our time. We need to be able to manage, really, ourselves. And the last, we need to be able to enjoy. We need to be able to enjoy our time. You know, God has given it. Like I said earlier, today is a gift. It's called the present. And so because it's a gift, we need to be able to enjoy what God has given to us. You know, many days go by, and I, I look back and I say, Man, it was, it was so packed and so full. I'm not sure what part of that day I really even enjoyed. If, if you're having m- multiple days where you're just really not enjoying the gift that God has given to you, then you need to stop, take stock into, into what you're doing and how you're managing yourself and, and figure out a way that you can enjoy what God has given to you because it is a gift. And so that's how you can help time be your friend, is that you can do everything you can to enjoy it. A couple of, uh, a couple of ways is that don't uh, allow family uh, uh, robbers to come in, meaning this. Don't allow those things in your life that rob you of family time. If you want to do something as a family, you do everything you can to put whatever it is aside and spend some time quality time with your family. And, um, you know, and I'll tell you what, balance in our home is, is, can be really difficult with the amount of, uh, you know, people and our family trying to get our attention. And, um, and I like to say that I'm able to spend quality time with every single kid every single day, but that's just almost, almost impossible to have individual time with, with, with the kids. But I love being able to spend uh, the time that I can with the kids and with Suzanne. And, um, but don't allow, and I'm constantly trying to tell myself, don't allow those family robbers to come in and steal away that family time that God has given to you because people are stealing away. They're taking away that gift. Say yes to making memories. Say yes to making those great and wonderful memories uh, in your life. And so, to make time your friend, treasure it, invest it, manage it by really managing yourself, and enjoy it. Enjoy it. So moms, when you feel like you're just at your wit's end and you can't balance everything, Take those four words 
Do everything you can to treasure what God has given to you, this gift. Invest little increments of time over a long period of time to reap that benefit. Manage, do everything you can to manage yourself, manage your household to get the most of your time. And then enjoy what God has given to you because God truly has given you a gift. As I close, I'm going to go in, into uh, Psalm uh, chapter 90. In Psalm chapter 90, this is a psalm that's written by Moses. Now, let me say, well, Moses, well, he wasn't around during the psalm. Psalms, most of the psalms are written by, by David. And, uh, but Moses actually wrote a psalm, and uh, they placed it in the book of Psalms. And so uh, Moses, uh, he was at a point in his life where uh, he was really, I mean, he was a prince of Egypt. I mean, lots of great things happening. He was, the, uh, he was uh, uh, had his life set up. He, was, he had purpose in his life. And around age 40, close to 40, he realized, wait, 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 I, I'm really a Hebrew. I'm, I'm not an Egyptian. I mean, he was trained to walk like an Egyptian and talk like an Egyptian. And yeah. So, but Moses... Moses understood, look, I, I'm a Hebrew. I'm not, I'm not an Egyptian. And so what, what happened is he saw some uh, Egyptian soldiers uh, whip, um, you know, beating some Hebrew slaves, and, and he killed an Egyptian soldier. And then he killed another one. Then he realized, man, it's going to take a long time for me to kill all these Egyptians. So he really fled for his life. They found out, and he fled for his life, and then he went into the desert, and he stayed there for 40 years 40 years so just think about that just put that in your head for a second 40 years he was a shepherd he didn't worry about what time it was when the sun was up he went out with the sheep when the sun went down he went back home sun up he's with the sheep sun down he went back home same old mundane thing 40 years he didn't have to worry about time and and 40 years of not really being involved in that relationship with God until one day God spoke through a burning bush. God called him out. And as we know, he, he went to Egypt and let my people go and, and wrote five books of the Bible. And, and so he became a household name. But in this psalm, we read something in Psalm chapter 90, verse 1 through 4. He says this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, you were brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting you are God. From the beginning of time to where time will never ever end. From everlasting to everlasting. In the future, God is already there. He's already been at the past. You turn people back to dust saying, Return to dust, you mortals. Return to dust, you mortals. Basically saying, look, I made you to only last in this lifetime just for a small amount of time. A thousand years in your sight, O oh God, are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night, like that. Psalm chapter 90, verse 10. Our days may come to 70 years or 80, 
if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Look, we're just here just for a small amount of time, and then we're gone. And then verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Whenever we realize, folks, that we're only here just for a small amount of time, and, we're tr- and, and if we ever try to live this life trying to, to build ourselves up, trying to make a name for ourselves that only lasts for a split second compared to the everlasting to everlasting of who God is, then we're not really wise because we don't number our days. So what Moses is saying is this. He's saying, look, while we're here on this earth, give glory and honor to God. He's from everlasting to everlasting, the creator of all. Do everything you can to give glory and honor to God. Don't try to make a name for yourself. Don't try to live up to certain other people's standards. Don't try to please other people. Please God and God alone. Then you can have a better understanding of the time you've been given because we don't know when our deathclock.com is going to strike because we all have a day when that's going to happen and our days are numbered. So let time be your friend. When you're trying to balance time, use it, leverage it as your friend. Treasure it, invest it, manage yourself against time and then enjoy it. Enjoy it, moms. Enjoy it. If you're at a point, place where you're not, you need to evaluate some of those other areas in your life that you need to, uh, you need to balance in order to get the most out of your time. So on this Mother's Day, moms, we, uh, we love you, we appreciate you, and we know that there's lots of pressure on you. We know that you are spread thin more than anyone, especially single moms. We know that, but know this, God knows that too. God loves you, and God wants you to enjoy and treasure and invest and manage the time that he's given you, that precious gift he's given you. So let's balance time better together by doing that.